When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. From the Anti-Up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anti-Up PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long. It's January 22nd, 2021. You're listening to the best PokerCast on the planet. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. It's going to be kind of a short show today, isn't it? Feels like a short show. We always say that, but then we end up like waxing on. The good thing is, I like there are like a couple really interesting topics that I did not put on the show today because we had some news, right? Yeah, yeah. So got that in the old uh, in the can for next week mattress, and we can pull that out (laughs) for for future shows. So that'll be more fun than some of the stuff we're going to talk about. But you know, news is news, right? News is news. We've got stuff to talk about. Let's do it. The World Poker Tour once again has a new owner. Element Partners LLC has bought the tour from Allied Esports Entertainment for $68.25 million, just shy of what we bid. I mean, just above what we bid. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. I told you we should have got 68.25, but you're like, no, we're going to stand firm at $68 million. <laughs> Everything's like, my fault, I man. Chris, I don't think it's going to work. And it's always my fault, no matter what right we do. <laughs> Uh, so anyhow, the, for $68.25 million plus a portion of tournament fees not to exceed $10 million, Allied said is also looking for a buyer for all of its esports business, including the Las Vegas arena where WPT final tables have been filmed. Element has not said what its plans are for WPT, though it is believed to continue expansion into online events, and that has been fairly lucrative for the WPT during COVID. I think uh, the, their online element is up 60%. Yeah, so, that's uh, they must see a future in that, you know. It's it's amazing. This this is a handful of times now that the tour has changed hands. Um, yeah, I think four times in the last yeah. ten years. Yeah, like that. it's got to be a reason for it. Where if we whereas we have trudged through as the only owners for the <laughs> yes. last fifteen years of any <laughs> poker cast and the magazine. So, um, but sixty eight point two five. Somebody gave me that for any up. I'd sell. I don't know. I'm going to hold out for 70. I'm sorry. I just, uh, I've got needs. You know, I, I tried the Mega Millions, tried the Powerball. You have a scotch habit that needs to be fulfilled. Yes, there there was a little bit of Blue Label uh, consumed last night, I will say. so. <laughs> there um, is a way of life that you're accustomed to that you refuse to give up on. <laughs> so what does this mean? I mean... Well, no, so I mean, uh, a couple things I think are interesting about this is, one, um, the last purchase, the Allied, when they bought it, it... Um, what we are looking for is that at that time was that 
synergy that people thought was going to be with poker and esports. And I'm not saying that didn't develop because I think it probably did, but just not maybe to the level that um, Allied thought it might. Maybe. Yeah, right. Um, although it sounds like they're getting rid of all the esports, so maybe there's a completely different thing. And obviously, we're in the middle of COVID, so all rational thought about stuff is doesn't make sense now, right? Because there's other reasons that could be at play, right? Right. So, um, so, so obviously that that synergy uh, lasted as long as uh, they thought it could. Um, it was always interesting that you know they wanted to create that big arena there, which was amazing from out of here. I never got a chance to actually go in it and see it, but um, uh, so then they created that that interesting thing where you you, uh, you finish a World Poker Tour uh, main event um, and just like the old November Nine, you stop at the casino you're at, and then a couple of months later you're in Vegas and you finish it out there. Right. right so right. so uh, it does not seem like that's going to happen now since the arena wasn't part of the sale. So I don't know if they go back to the old way. Um, are, are, you know, what, what their thoughts are on the live tour. I mean, um, there are some series going on now. Uh, Mid-States has, has done a couple series. Um, but, uh, but for the most part, tournament poker on those big levels have not come back quite yet. So, um, so I think there's a little, if that, if that's the goal is to get back to that, that's a little gamble on our part. Um, and a little, um, well, gamble on both parts, right? I mean, yeah. Is it uh, is it going to come back or is it to the same level or is it not going to come back to the same level, right? So, um, so I don't know. I mean, I guess we're going to have to wait and see for what uh, what element is. It sounds like uh, the art, couple articles I read, uh, there's not a lot of information out on who they are or what they're going to do. So a little bit of a mystery, but um, we'll see. It's good to know there are people out there willing to buy companies. Yeah, yeah. You know, in just in case anybody out there is looking to, looking to buy one. <laughs> I think we should contact Element. Say, hey, you know, you need yeah. a magazine, a podcast to go along with your tour. You don't have one. You could totally target all your stops and all your ads and everything toward your own WPT events with our magazine. Go ahead. Do you do it? <laughs> it's, not, it's not a bad idea. Nope, it's not. All right, get on the horn. Synergy. As soon as the show ends, get on the horn with Element, will you? All right, I will. I, all right. will. I, will. I will. Ask Google or Alexa. <laughs> yeah. Hey Alexa, oh, what is what is Element Partners' phone number? <laughs> <laughs> All right, online gaming in Michigan starts at noon on Friday, which technically our show is January twenty second, so noon today. But we're recording it yeah. on the twenty first. Yeah. You, you, you guys have listened long enough; you know all that. Yeah, you all know that. So Friday the twenty second at noon is when it uh, launches on ten different platforms, all offering casino and sports wagering, except for two, which will only offer sports wagering. A handful of other platforms are still waiting for approval and should launch as soon as they are approved. Poker is an approved game, Chris, but none of the 10 um, that are launching on Friday have announced plans for poker at this time. Well, last week, didn't we say it was like three or four days later they were going to have poker? Yes. Well, that was the the goal of the the Gaming Control Board. Now, again, so remember, so this is the information uh, from the Gaming Control Board's perspective, poker is an approved game. So they've done all they need to do right yeah yeah now it's up to the 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 platforms and they will they won't be stupid flip the switch so yeah so yeah so i i i I, there's no reason to believe that poker is not going to start it's just a matter of how long it's going to take for them to to get going and again hey like like we say in everything right this other stuff is more lucrative so i i don't begrudge any of these 10 platforms from wanting to get their slot machines and their blackjack games going and their um Sports wagering, particularly, you know, as we get closer to the Super Bowl here when the Packers will win again. <laughs> um, 
uh, and get that all out there, and then and then follow up with the less lucrative poker um, once once you've launched and got the bugs out. So I don't think there's anything about this that should be concerning. It's just kind of the way the world works in casinos. So now that the game is approved, too, I mean, if they wanted to, they could just literally call up, say, poker stars and say, okay, come on in on our site and launch a skin or... Well, that's the thing is all of them, those, those platforms are already been approved. So, yeah. um, and, uh, and I, forget, I didn't put the entire list on here, but there the, are a lot of the big players are already in there. Okay. Uh, in Michigan, you had to partner with one of the casinos there in order to be able to do this. All the casinos have their own partner um, gotcha. and all names that, that folks will know. And I'm not sure um, if, uh, if Poker Stars are one of them, but I'm going to call the article up now and I will let you know real quick. So it's like breaking news. Of course, yeah. on TV, everything is breaking news these days. <laughs> uh, I did not see a, a Poker Stars version here, but you know it's Barstool, MGM, Rivers, DraftKings, FanDuel, Golden Nugget, hmm. uh, Points Bet, which I don't. It's kind of a new one. Twin Spires, which does the Kentucky Derby, of course. Yeah, William Derby. Hill is a big sports book, and WinBet, of course, from the Win. So okay. those are the ones that have been approved. Now there are other ones working their way through the approval. Um, I don't remember if I saw. Uh, see, yeah, it says Foxbed and Parks are the ones not yet approved, but should be expected soon. Um, and there might be some other ones, so but we'll see. Yeah, just a matter of time. I say that a lot yep. on this show. Yep. <laughs> just be patient, folks. <laughs> COVID's going to be gone tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and the never-ending saga of Mike Postel. His attorneys have successfully separated from him, uh, claim it was over lack of payment. And it appears that he uh, no longer has counsel. Additionally, some of those listed as defendants in Postel's $300 million countersuit has filed motions saying Postel's appearance on live stream broadcasts made him a public figure, which as journalists we know, yes. raises the bar on Postel prevailing in court. Hearings in February will be held to see if the judges believe that Postel can prevail in his suit. So, interesting stuff going on here. So. How did you not lead the show with this? <laughs> yes, <laughs> this... This is our go-to. It's our wheelhouse. Fatigue in the poker world, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure at this point. So. <laughs> uh, I think this is uh, probably the end of it. I, in February when he's got no – he's not paying his counsel, so they leave him, so he's got no money to pay his counsel. The $300 million will be seen as just an absolute ludicrous number, and uh, they're going to think that there's no way he can win this suit, especially since he actually has been – he's on the cover of our magazine too. You know what I mean? So he's – he is a public figure. Plus, with all this news tied to him, it's going to be more difficult for them to prove it. So, yeah, I think this might be the end of it when it when it, the hearings happen in February. Yeah, and uh, uh, boy, I don't even know where I was going to go with this, but uh, you know, he did mention that um, you know, for a case like this, even a modest amount of work for a lawyer, you're looking at twenty five, thirty thousand dollars. So, yeah. um, it's a lot of money um, if you don't think that you're actually going to get. The three hundred million or whatever portion of that that realistically you could expect to get right, right. and be able to pay that legal fees, but you got to pay for it up front. So um, that's difficult. So yeah, but, I mean, you know, again, unless you get one that's going to only sue, only pay if they win, and that that yeah. doesn't that's not going to happen in this suit. It's not yeah, one of those. I think Morgan and Morgan. Yeah, is too busy yeah exactly. The ambulances here. And, <laughs> so, uh, but uh, you know, don't don't. Count them out quite yet, Chris, because that that Netflix documentary hasn't dropped yet. So, oh, that's right, that's right. So when that drops, edge of my seat. <laughs> poker world is wowed by it, and then the money comes in, then maybe he can. Oh man, it, we'll so. see. <laughs> All right, so just be patient, folks. February is the next update on that. Yeah, we may be around still. Who knows? 
Depends what Element says when I call him. That's right. If Element says we want you, then sorry, you'll have to hope the next host of the Indiana Castle mentioned pasta in February. <laughs> uh, this week's update on casinos and poker room reopenings. MGM Grand Detroit has reopened its poker room, not accounting for the recent temporary closings. We now have 213 reopened poker rooms in the United States. Antiupmagazine.com slash reopen. Let's verify details on casino and poker room reopenings. If you have any updates, email us at editor at antiupmagazine.com. We're also emailing a weekly e-blast with updates that you can subscribe to on the homepage at antiupmagazine.com. This is the uh, text block memorization portion of the show. Actually, though, it's it's nice to see uh, Detroit because we we had just talked last week about saying, right, none of the Michigan rooms had opened yet, and then like as soon as we posted the show, yes, MGM's grand was opening. So Michigan in the house again, man, lots of uh, Michigan well, news. And remember, the last time we we announced this, uh, they very quickly found out they weren't allowed to open. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, any updates? Papes, the Any Up Fans free online tournament series on PokerStars Play Money site is available everywhere. Details how you can join will be found at bit.ly slash P-A-I-P-S. Uh, games are on the 6th, 16th, and 26th every month. They rotate disciplines with a main tournament followed by a second chance event. PokerStars lets you claim 15,000 free chips every four hours. Join the Any Up Fans group Facebook page and post within the group to get feedback on hands, ask call the floor questions, or just discuss anything poker. Check out our 11 vintage Antiup logo designs on merchandise at antiupmagazine.com slash shop to buy t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, phone and laptop cases, coffee and drink mugs, and more with your choice of Antiup Magazine, Antiup PokerCast, or Antiup PokerTor logos. Maybe even an Element logo. I don't know. Uh, if you have a hand of the week listener spotlight or call the floor submission, email us at podcast at antiupmagazine.com or post in the Antiup fans group on Facebook. Got a new O'Malley's move today. Here it comes. Welcome to another O'Malley's Move. I'm Malcolm O'Malley. This week we are playing $5, $10 in a home game we are starting to regular. The players in this game are usually really good, and we've been a losing player here so far, but we seem to be turning a corner into a break-even one. The game is six-handed. The blinds post, the under-the-gun folds, and we're in the MP with 1250 down 250. We have the jack of clubs, 10 of clubs. The table standard raise is 3x, so we make it $30 to go. The hijack and button both call, and the blinds both fold. The button is a good player who knows the game well and can be pretty sneaky. He's up 200 as he started the hand with 1700. The pot is 105, and the flop is the ace of hearts, 10 of spades, 9 of diamonds. We are first to act with middle pair and some backdoor equity. We make it $60 to go. The hijack folds, but the button calls. There's now 225 in the pot, and the turn is the eight of clubs. We now have an open ender to go along with our second pair. We make it 125 to go. The button raises us to 275. I'm beginning to think we are behind, but decide to call. There's now 775 in the pot, and the river is the jack of spades. I didn't really know what else to do, so I checked. The button down bets to 250. So, we're getting a good price with two pair. What's the move? This is Daniel Negreanu of FullContactPoker.com. You're listening to Anti Up.
It's time for the AdvancedPokerTraining.com Hand of the Week. Send your hands or situations to podcast at antiupmagazine.com. If you haven't won something from us in the past year, you'll get a free membership to Advanced Poker Training, the world's number one poker training site. As we mentioned last week, Paul Gerritsen is going after the Brandon Huff Ward for <laughs> multiple hands in a row. <laughs> Send us an email and uh, with five hands. And as I mentioned last week, uh, I have not read any of them. So we do not know the quality of last week was very good. Though, right? Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. Discussion on that. Yeah. And uh, he did get back to us because, uh, remember, we, we mentioned that these hands all are 1-1-2 one, one, no limit. Uh, with the dollar, um, that extra dollar going on the button. Right. And you have to complete the $4 uh, or raise to enter the pot. Uh, he did get back to me and said that this is in uh, Northern California, and it's the standard in all the rooms there. And uh, unfortunately, because we talked about last week, how exciting it's going to be to actually see how the play develops, um, the, how the 1-1-2-4 one, one, um, dynamic plays yeah. out. Right? Yeah, right. And uh, so he did say that these are all those hands, um, but they're not uh, the same session. So um, so keep that in mind in our, our data crunching that different people are different playing. Right? And the good news is he sent us enough hands to probably get us to the hostile hearing. So <laughs> <laughs> have enough content to get there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, here's uh, this week's Andy. He says, I've been at the table for a while and sit around 275 off from my starting stack of 200. So just like that, he got points from you man, last week, Chris. Man, For being honest and saying I'm down, and this week he's just like, hey, forget it. I'm uh, bragging now. Well, now I can believe it, though, because he, he won that hand last week. Oh, interesting. Right? Yeah, that's so a good point. I like the way you look it's believable. <laughs> All right, so he's uh, 275. Um, he says the villain in his hand is the button. He hasn't been at the table long, but has shown several weak hands and doesn't seem to be the strongest player. Well, of course, we're the strongest player at the table. Of course. Got to be confident. All right. Uh, let's see. It's folded to us under the gun plus one, and we are dealt pocket tens. And he didn't say what suits they are, but I'm assuming they're not suited pocket tens. <laughs> uh, it's just tens. Just tens. Fold. <laughs> Uh, standard raise, I guess, you know, whatever it is, 12, 15, something like that, 20. Yeah, that's what we talked about last week right. when we found out it wasn't that, right? Yeah. So um, we'll see what happens here. But, uh, yes, absolutely, whatever. And, and again, we, we talked last week, for those of you who didn't listen last week, and I don't know who that would be because I think the only people listening to us now are listening to us every week, right? Basically our family. <laughs> is that, that we just said there's a chance for us to really kind of exploit this game if the raises are not in line with what we think they are, so... Yeah. Um, all right, our hero raises to 12, which I think is fine. And uh, he says he's called by the button and the small blind. Well, knowing that the button is the villain, we're not going to worry about small blind now. But we wouldn't know that in the moment. So The small blind might play a, a bit uh, role. Some sort of bit role, yeah. Who knows? So right. I wouldn't discount him yet. So. All right, so all that's right. that's good, though. I mean, it sucks that the button's the caller and not the blind only, because then you'd have position, now you've got to worry about the button playing you. So, But... You know, you did what you're supposed to do. You raised. Maybe I would have raised a little more, but we've talked about that. So, um, let's, yeah, I let's think see. We, last week we said like a normal one too. We'd be raising to ten because of that extra blind in there. It's probably about fifteen. It's probably yeah, what I think fifteen. We do, yeah. but but twelve was better than last week's raise, which was six like, or yeah, something. Like yeah, that, it was right? like really small. So, all right, the flop is nine deuce four rainbow, and the small blind checks to us. Okay, well, that's, I mean, you couldn't ask for much better without hitting a set. So, um, that's great. All-unders, no worries about uh, flushes. Um, you know, the, the small blind, 
you know, might feel like he or she are priced in and could have played some ratty cards. Who knows? Um, but uh, I like this flop, so I'm going to bet. So I'm assuming we'll see the 10. 10 the pot's like 30, so, you know, I'd probably bet two-thirds of that pot, 20 bucks maybe, something like that. Seems fair. I think that's the perfect bet here. So, yeah, yeah. 20 is exactly what I was thinking. You're right. Um, this is a beautiful flop for us, so let's, uh, let's, we don't have to worry about overs right now. We don't have to worry about flush. Um, only a loose worry about a straight right now. So let's uh, let's pound away here and uh, see what people have. Yeah. All right. So we bet uh, fifteen, so half the pot, so a little bit less than we would have. But I think at the minimum you got to bet. Yeah, yourself. that's the minimum. You 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 right. can't bet less than that without it just being a waste of your money. So so at least you didn't go ten and just like uh, pull people into this hand. So. Yeah. Uh, the button calls quickly. But the small blind folds. So uh, that yeah. it's a very bit part. The small blind. <laughs> We're just just padding the pot for us. <laughs> All right, your heads up, and the turn is a seven. He doesn't say the suit, but I'm guessing it doesn't play. So our board now is nine, deuce, four, seven, and we are now first act. Well, again, this is a great card for us. I don't foresee it doing anything at this point. No straights get there yet. Uh, he hasn't given us suits, so he said rainbow, and now this doesn't really matter, so I'm assuming it's probably four different suits and there's nothing to worry about, which is great. We have an overpair to everything, you know. Um, I'm going to keep betting. I, I not that shut this hand down now. We've gotten lucky twice with tens, right? Yeah. Go over, so at this point, I'm... And we got one caller here, he quickly called. That, usually a quick call is like a draw, right? But there wasn't much of a draw there, right? Right. So, so I'm thinking overs are what I'm thinking. So I don't want to give him another chance cheaply to hit a jack, queen, king, or ace, right? The only thing is that I don't remember our persona at this table. Um, That's a good point. Sometimes people well, are playing hands. Tips. Right. I mean, if we are if we play things sort of predictably where we raise preflop with ace, king, and then c-bet no matter what, even if an ace or king doesn't come on the flop, somebody could exploit that with just floating us. So... The, the quick call to me could also be, let's just get to the turn where I'm going to steal your pot. So, you know, um, that's why I think we need to bet again, because we actually have a legitimate hand. We have a good hand. We've gotten lucky, as Scott said, where we kept the unders. If the guy does have overs or big cards, we want to make sure, you know, that he's paying to try to hit those six outers on us. So, yeah, I, I think maybe even close to pot size, since it's it's not yeah, that big I'm of a pot. pot size this yeah. yeah. So what was there's thirty in the pot. We bet fifteen. Got calls to so that's thirty. So there's sixty in the pot. I wouldn't mind betting fifty here, fifty-five maybe. Yeah, I think I think at least fifty. I mean, I, I don't know what the pot is after rake. It was thirty after rake, so I don't know if we were at max rake. I assume we were probably at max rake before that. So yeah. yeah. So let's assume it's sixty now. Uh, I have no problem betting the whole sixty, but I think it's got to be at least fifty. Am yeah, I? at least gotta, fifty. Got to make this guy pay a lot of money to hit that overcard. I uh, agree. I agree. And, you know, really at this point, the only thing we're worried about is a set, and uh, you know, a set's possible, but that's always a concern, right? Yeah. You're always going to have that, so you can't let that scare you. So at this point, um, I'm going to bet big. Yeah. All right, our hero bets thirty, uh, so that's half a pot, and the button quickly calls again. Jeez. Okay, so all right, we've got a little more information here. We've bet twice and got called quickly twice. Um on a board that doesn't seem like anyone who would have called a raise preflop would hit uh, unless it's a set. So it could be a set, and because it's rainbow and because they're all small cards, he's he's happy to just keep letting us yeah, bet and walk the dog. Right? 
Whereas yeah. norm, at this point, this would be the the street where you would turn it on with a set, right? But, yeah, I, I would think, except that, again, it's still all small cards, and it's still rainbow, so he's like, it looks like we're happy to keep betting, and then on the river you bet if he doesn't bet into you. So maybe you call one more street, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe now, here's the thing, and it's not to the end yet, so I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but sometimes, and, and we've all learned this through the years, that obviously we always say no limit hold'em is not about the cards, it's about the people. Right. So if this person went into this hand with the plan of, I'm going to outplay you, then he could have nothing. And he could be just calling, calling, waiting for you to show weakness, and then pouncing. Now, I'm not saying that's what's happening here, but he could have had that intent on the flop with just two raggedy cards, don't know what it is. And on the turn, now he's got 8-6 in his hand. He's picked up a double gutter or something. You know what I'm saying? So um, for me, you never know what he has if he's playing the person in position. Positional calls of raises don't always have to mean they have good hands. Um, so, again, I just, you know, you temper your expectations with, okay, I've got 10s and they're over all these cards, and this guy's calling me quickly. Doesn't mean that he's hit his set. Could mean he's hit his set, and it could mean he has nothing. He's hoping to steal from you. So, those are the things that that's why you you play it to the end sometimes because you need that information. You know, Daniel Grande, which we obviously referenced earlier with the pocket tens comment, but um, he would pay at the end sometimes, even though he knew he was beat, but he needed to understand you. So, in this case, if you can get away with a check call on the river of a reasonable amount, maybe you do that, um, depending on what the river is. Um, sure. Right, and then you get the info on this person. How could he be playing it this way still? If he had a set, wouldn't he wake up? Or if he had a overpair to my overpair, wouldn't he have woken up by now? So, uh, I don't know. That's a lot of rambling, but I realize that the show is only 20 minutes right now, so I'm trying <laughs> to fill some more time. Um, but no, seriously, I mean, those were all, I think, legitimate concepts that yeah. could go against your favor. So, anyway. Um, all right, where are we? I forget. I talked too long. Uh, no, yeah, oh, we, we bet the 30 and the yeah. button. Call. Okay, so we're waiting for the river. That's what it is. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right, the river is a five. Again, he doesn't mention suits. I'm assuming no flush got there. So our final board, nine, deuce, four, seven, five. And again, we are first to act. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's hand of the week. So you just got this feeling that you're going to get your ass handed to you. But, <laughs> I mean, right. yeah, I, you, let's be let's be honest. Unless you're absolutely positively, you know, uh, can uh, assess what this guy has, you have to make some sort of bed here. I mean, you could check call, which is what we talked about, but, you know, I don't I don't know how much this guy has in his stack, if he's going to push us off our final 100 yeah, or whatever. I will give you that information because that's important to know here. I think he has 125 remaining. Okay, so he has 125 remaining, so if we bet something, any nominal amount, and he comes over the top, we can't fold for that amount either, so why not check here? Maybe he'll just put a value bet in that he thinks maybe he's got ace nine. He's at the nine, and he doesn't want to, doesn't if we have an overpair or not. So he's just letting us bet. Yeah. You know, I, know I like that a lot for a lot of reasons. One, if we if we're beat, he's probably not going to shove. Right, he's going to do the value bet as you mentioned, so right. we get off cheaply if for some reason we're losing. And if not, we're in, we're inducing him to to bluff now. So he's been quickly called. So you know our our two theories are a set that's not worried about the board. Or overcards or something like that, and his overcard didn't come. If that's the case, so he can only win by bluffing now, right? Yeah. So if we bet, then 
you know, his his only play at that point is the the shove, and and whatever our bet is, his shove isn't going to get us off, right? So, so if we bet here and he has nothing, he's going to go away. So I, I think the best play for us to get value <clears throat> or to reduce our risk is to check and let him make play here. Yeah, I agree. I think that's that's a smart play now. I mean, if he shoves on you, then you got to think: is it that whole betting too much because he missed everything? You just can't win without betting, or is it? I'm going to make you think that when I actually have a set of fours and you're, you know, screwed. But uh, I really think a lot of people like to value bet on the end. If it looks like we're scared and you're like, you know, this guy's not going to call anything, so let's just give him a taste and he maybe he'll call 40 or 50 bucks. So, And then we get to call what we were thinking about betting anyway, and we get the information of what he has so and how he played the hand. So I like a check call. Yeah, definitely. All right, our hero bets 50, and the button quickly shoves for his remaining 75. See, that's what I was saying. You, you can't fold now. Yep. I mean, how can you fold? There's 100, it's like 200 in the pot. Yeah. Right? Yep. I mean, for 75 and you got an overpair, and he could be just stealing. He could think his nines are good. You know, he could have backed into something, but, uh, you know, two pair or straight. But, I mean, it's tough to now fold for just 75 more after you've put out, what, 50, 80, uh, 80, what was the other, uh, 12, so 90. So you basically put 100 out there. For seventy five more for a three hundred dollar pot, and you got an overpair. I'm gonna call. Yeah, I think you have to, right? Yeah, it sucks though. It does, but I'm like, again, it's seventy five dollars of information. You're paying for information as much as you are paying to win this pot here. So, because um, I'd be really interested here. I mean, if he has a set, I'm uh, wrap the table. All right, that's fine. Because you know, I mean, it was a twelve dollar raise, and this kind of game, I'm gonna guess you're probably gonna um, set mine as much as you can. But if he shows a two pair here, that that's going to be information I'm going to be able to use a lot against them because no two pair here should have called a twelve dollar raise, right? I mean, the best two pair here is nine seven. Well, let, let's let's um, the information that you would extract from that is not that he plays crap; it's that he plays his position, sure. and that he could have any two cards when he's playing against you because he clearly thought that you were the type of person that would raise with ace king and then c bet and then fold under the pressure. Now that he saw that you didn't fold it in a pressure because you had a little bitty overpair to this, you know, he can now temper the way he's going to play moving forward. But to me, yeah, I mean, if he makes two pair, it's, it's, he got lucky making two pair, but he might have been just playing deuce four just to play the person. And oh, by the way, I flopped two pair. I didn't even try to. I was trying to just outplay you on the turn. And it turns out you bet. So then I had to call because it does show his range, right? Because there's there's players that wouldn't play deuce four in position. I mean, uh, yeah, no. I'm not making a judgment whether you should or not because it depends on the table. Right. But but at least I would like to know that this guy, because if he shows over shows deuce four here, then I know he's capable of anything when he's on the button. Right. Right, When he's on the button, and then and that's you know when you you watch high stakes poker on TV or you read the books from all the greats, they all tell you that I'm. If I see this fish, I'm not saying you know our friend here is a fish, but I'm saying if I see somebody who's entering a pot with a raise, and I know exactly how he plays, and I'm on the button, I'm gonna play that hand with any two cards. It doesn't matter because I'm gonna. I know that he's going to. If he misses a flop, he's going to c bet, and then when the turn comes, he's going to check to me, and I'm gonna steal it from him, and I'm gonna do it all day long. And so that that happens a lot in in this game. And even if he has gone further and bet but then checks the river he believes i have enough money in my stack that i can still force him off his hand and so you know these people when they're playing on the levels that you and i can only imagine they they don't look at their cards they they know 
the way that people play and the way to beat them out of a hand if they have the button and they're the ones entering the pot. So, you know, it could be that that's what happens here, or it could be he's got a set and we're screwed, you know. Um, I just don't feel like we're winning this hand. Yeah. All right. Uh, here it says, uh, maybe his trips was just letting me bet the whole time, but he hasn't shown down a, long, a lot of strong hands. I call, and he shows six tray offsuit for Revered Straight. Because I'm very frustrated that he played the hand to begin with, but also stuck around the whole time drawing to an inside straight. Should I bet more earlier or try to drive him out? Would he have even gone anywhere? Well, that's the thing. So this almost fits the story we've been discussing this whole time. So let's just imagine that you had the reputation of being a type of person that only enters a pot with a decent hand of high cards or something. And then he says, oh, I'm on the button, and I know how this guy plays his hand. And I'm not saying this is what happened, Paul. I'm just saying this is makes sense now It's because he said he was frustrated that he played the hand. So he's saying, okay, well, I'm going to call. It's a reasonable amount. It's only 12, you know, and I'm already putting a dollar in, so it's only 11 to me. And I have position now on everyone at this table, including the guy who I think I know how he plays. Then the flop comes, all unders for us, but he thinks, that missed ace-king. That missed ace-queen. This guy's going to bet now, and I'm going to call, and then he's not going to bet the turn. So he's got six tray. Flop comes, two, four, six tray. He's already got a, a gutter. So now he's not going anywhere because now he thinks he can outplay you on two streets, and he might actually river his four out actually hit his hand or yeah. hit his hand and turn it. So he calls the the, the fifteen dollar bet, which we didn't agree with. Right? We thought it should be a little more. Not that he would have folded, but he might have folded six tray. Maybe had you shown more force preflop with a fifteen twenty dollar raise. I don't know. Maybe not. Um, again, if he's just playing you, he probably calls any raise there. And the same with the turn. If he's just playing you, he's thinking on the flop. It doesn't matter because he's going to steal it from you on the turn. When you bet 30 on the turn, we didn't agree with that either. We were thinking a little more money. Um, maybe he lets it go at that point. If you bet 50, it's a whole pot of 60. You know, Maybe he's like, all right, this guy's got a hand. I'm well, not going to be able to steal it from he doesn't, him. Here's what we're talking about. He would have made a mistake there, right? Right. He would not have had the eyes for that. I mean, unfortunately, he hit his river card, and we're, we're upset now. But that's what we're talking about, about betting more. Make him pay more to hit his hand, and if he didn't hit that that five on the end, and we would have bet that thirty on the flop and the fifty or sixty on the turn, we would have got even more money out of him than we should have, right? right. So that, that's that's the way I think you need to look back at it. I I mean, you can't stop this guy from playing six tray offsuit and, and getting lucky on the river, but but you can't control how much you're making him pay to to get lucky. I agree. I agree. And again, and you would have if it was a you know, another nine or an eight or something on the river, you would have bet 50 bucks and he would have folded because, you know, he wouldn't have come over to the top for 75 more thinking that, you know, he would have thought there's no way I can push this guy off a hand with a bluff. He was putting in the 75 now because he actually made it straight. So then you yep. would have bet your 50, he would have folded, you would have taken down a pot and a bigger pot betting the way we would have bet. So there's just lots of ways to look at this, but don't be frustrated that he played the hand to begin with because people play any two cards when they're the button and they're trying to just outplay people, which a lot of these people do. You know, and you said, I think you said earlier that he didn't really, he's shown down weak hands. But to me, that's setting up stuff, too. It doesn't mean that he's terrible. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? He's setting up stuff. So it could be. You know, I'm not saying, I'm not, I, maybe I'm giving him too much credit and this guy was just horrible and got lucky on him. But these are ways to think about hands moving forward, not just that one player, you know. And the last thing I'll say is go back to the river when we said check call, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm curious whether this guy would have bet 125 on the river had we done that. So, 
so in terms of like things that, that, that were more in our control there, I mean, obviously we're talking about betting bigger before to make him, um, you know, pay more to get there. And obviously he got there, so that wouldn't have changed anything. But in, in the per, this particular hand, I wonder if we would have saved ourselves 50 bucks maybe here on the end by checking in. Because he clearly wants to be paid off here. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we check. He probably bets 50. And then we yeah, just call yeah. 50 and so say that's 75. Probably 75. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Well, uh, maybe you'll redeem yourself with hand three next week. <laughs> I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. We'll see you at the tables. Anti Up is a production of AntiUpMagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at AntiUpMagazine.com. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at antiupmagazine.com or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.